0: This is Three Valleys Radio. It's Friday night, time for a racing show. We've got it all. Top tipsters. Top trainers. Top jockeys. Plus all the news. If racing's your game, this is the program for you. good evening and welcome to this week's racing show this is ad hopper here as usual and let's get stuck in straight away with some news from the race matthew smith said he was gutted that last year's Paddy powers Stayers hurdle runner-up ronald pump will not get the chance to go one better at the cheltenham festival next month ronald pump who finished two lengths behind lizniga oscar last year was as short as 12 to 1 with ball sports to climb the crown this time around but a splint in his front leg will rule him out of the race. Smith told the Racing Post on Monday he got a splint in his front leg and unfortunately he won't make Cheltenham. I'm obviously gutted as he'd been in the form of his life and was trained for the race all season. He might make it back in time for Punchestown, but we'll just have to see how he is in the coming weeks. It's just a little setback and not career-threatening, but it's a shame it's happened now as we really were looking forward to bringing him back to Cheltenham. That's horses for you, and you just have to take it on the chin. He's been a star for us, and he'll be back. Ronald Pump, who cost connections just €1,000, and has penned one of the best rags-to-riches races of the last decade, looked as good as ever in the Hatton Grace Hurdle at Ferry House in November. Over a trip short of his best, he powered home to get within half a length of honeysuckle. That form has been franked twice since, with the winner landing her second Irish champion hurdle and the third, Beacon Edge, winning Sunday's Boyne Hurdle at Navan. Smith added, Everybody was knocking the Hatton grace at the time, but I thought it was a really good race, and it's worked out that way too, with Beacon's Edge winning on Sunday. Ronald Pump only worked the other day and was brilliant, so we were very excited about Cheltenham. Hopefully he'll be back in time for Punchestown. Ronald Pump was priced between twelve to sixteen at one for the stayers hurdle. The 2019 winner Paisley Park is the three to one favourite with the sponsors and Tyne Hill generally available at 7-2. to two. Good evening and welcome to the Racing Show here on Three Valleys Radio. We've got another action-filled programme for you tonight. And let's start off by popping over to Mike Padden with all the news from the Racing Post.
1: Hello and warm welcome to the Racing News, with thanks, as always, to the Racing Post. Let's get started. Our first story is about Newton Abbott. Luck has not been on Newton Abbott's side for the last year and a half, but there is optimism things are finally improving, despite last Wednesday's cancelled fixture contributing yet another blow to the Devon racecourse. The track lost four meetings in 2019 due to rain and, like all courses, was dealt a huge blow by the suspension of racing, then a full season kept behind closed doors during the COVID-19 pandemic. The track made a rare terrestrial TV appearance this month, but its second a week later was forced off due to another cancellation after, as it was put, a biblical amount of rain the previous day. Most recently, last Wednesday's card, when the track was readying to welcome 500 spectators, also fell to the weather after an inspection earlier in the week. Pat Masterson, managing director at Newton Abbott, said, It's just galling, really. It seems that we don't have much luck at the moment. There's a lot happening at Newton Abbott, but in the last 18 months, it's been really difficult for us. He added, it all started back end of 2019 when we lost our last four meetings, then a load through COVID-19, then we're behind closed doors. We haven't used our catering facilities or anything. It's been difficult, but hopefully we've had all our bad luck and can turn the corner. There is, however, some positivity, with plenty of interest coming for its next fixture on June the 11th, with track officials confident of overcoming a difficult period financially. Pat said, I've always got a plan. We've ridden through some difficulties. And he added, we don't like this situation, but we always have a plan and I'm still confident. We've got a lot of interest in people wanting tickets and hospitality and everything else. It's onward and upwards, he added. Now, our next report from the Racing Post moves us to Ireland. A government announcement this Friday on the next phase of Ireland's national reopening could shed light on the timeline for spectators to attend racecourse trial events, with Horse Racing Ireland Chief Executive Brian Kavanagh stressing that Irish Racing is eager to be involved. A report from Ireland's national broadcaster RTE suggested that the public could return to sporting events by the end of June, with the possibility for small crowds at fixtures including at All-Ireland Gaelic Games, League of Ireland football fixtures, rugby and other sports including athletics and golf. There was no specific reference to horse racing in the report, but Kavanagh does not believe that should be taken as a concern and is focused on the government's announcement later this week. He said we've submitted proposals and expressed a strong interest to be involved in trials to the Department of Agriculture. He added hopefully there seems to be some positive indications that things are starting to move and we would hope to be a part of that we would make the point that racecourses are probably the widest open spaces of any sporting venue that you'll come across. The trial events will start small, with a capacity of just 5% of stadiums, according to the RTE report, although the outdoor nature of race meetings could potentially enhance the case for greater crowds. If these pilots are successful, events would reportedly scale up gradually, and could see a return to 30% capacity in large stadiums later in the summer. Kavanagh, who would not speculate on whether Friday's announcement would yield news concerning the return of owners to Irish tracks, said, I think the first thing is that these would be entirely outdoor events. The capacity of racecourses includes internal as well as external, so we'd look and work that through. He added, it's a question of a trial in advance of a more general sort of opening for mass gatherings to find out the issues that are there. He also said, we've built up a lot of experience with the meetings we've run. We know the key issues and vulnerabilities. We've had over 400 fixtures run and there hasn't been really a single COVID event arising from them. So we're proud of that, he said. Courses in England can currently accommodate up to 4,000 people or 50% of capacity, whichever is smaller. Some more news now from Racing Post. Jane Chapel Hyam has confirmed it is all systems go for Saffron Beach to take her place in the Kazoo Oaks at Epsom next week after a race course gallop on the track on Monday. Saffron Beach, second in the thousand guineas behind Mother Earth, Worked over a mile under Adam Kirby as part of a morning of gallops for Oaks and Derby hopefuls in her first racecourse experience away from Newmarket, having raced exclusively on the Rowley Mile in four starts. Her connections were pleased with how she handled her first experience of the unique camber of Epsom, and will bid to go one place better in a second classic for which she is a best-priced fourteen to one. Chapel Hyam said, She's going for the oaks. We are all getting excited for next week. Let's go and do our best. She added, It was the first time she's ever travelled beyond Newmarket. There was an accident on the M25 and she had to stand in her box for 45 minutes, so that was good practice for travelling. Adding, It was a good experience and she took it in well. Adam was pleased with the way she handled Tottenham Corner and the straight and she was nice and balanced. The ground was a bit heavy today, so we just did a strong canter. She handles any ground, so it should be no issue whatever it is next week. Now our next headline from the Racing Post. Kazoo Oaks entries and betting. Saffron Beach's Oaks participation means Kirby will have fancied rides in both classics after he was confirmed to ride John Leeper in the Derby last week. Another who had a first experience of Epsom's undulations at the Gallops morning. Chapel Higham added I reckon there's got to be a Kirby each way Oaks and Derby double A lot of people will having £5 each way on it He grafts hard and is always in the car back and forth Especially in the winter months So he deserves a crack at them Kazoo Derby contender one ruler Charlie Appleby And Oaks entry Ocean Road Hugh Palmer Were others to gallop at Epsom as was Pretty Polly Stakes winner Mystery Angel, George Bowie, who needs to be supplemented if she is to run in the Phillies Classic. Clark of the course, Andrew Cooper, is hopeful the two-day fixture will take place on ground no slower than good, despite the heavy rainfall. The track has been hit with 75 millimetres of rainfall in May, but drier weather with a rise in temperature is forecast ahead of the meeting on June the 4th and 5th. He said, "'It's been a wet month for us, but it means we have no immediate need to be irrigating. Nature is taking care of that, and things are coming along nicely. No Epsom, if it is dry for a couple of days, it'll be close to good to soft.' He added, "'You can never be extremely confident, but there's every chance of the meeting taking place on ground no slower than good.'" It's still a long way out, but if it were to stay dry for the rest of this week, you'd be on good ground at some point, I can guarantee it. Annual members, hospitality and paying spectators will make up the 4,000 crowd on both days, but Cooper confirmed public access to the downs in the middle of the track would be closed off again. He said we've got all the necessary approvals and there will be a secure fence line again. Hopefully 2022 will be a different ballgame. It was a very strange derby last year, he said, but we were pleased to stage it at its rightful home in difficult circumstances. He added, it's great to get a level of crowd back. Getting ripples of applause coming back into the winner's enclosure will give it such a lift. Well, that was Mike Padden with a few snippets from the Racing Post.
0: And now let's find out where you can go racing this weekend. Right, well, to start, there are seven races over the jumps at Cartmel with a 105 start. Seven races at Haydock over the flat with a 115 start. Six races over the jumps at Punchestown in Ireland with a 120 start. Seven races on the flat at Beverley with a 130 start. Seven races on the flat at Chester with a 205 start. Seven races on the flat at Catrick with a 2.30 start and seven races over the jumps at Fosslass with a 5.30 start and seven races on the flat at Salisbury with a 5.40 start. You can also go racing at Eagle Farm in Australia and Belmont Park in USA if you feel inclined. Well, now it's time to catch up with The Sporting Life's Simon Holt with his in-depth look at the last few weeks' racing and what's coming up with the Derby. Well, good morning, Simon. Uh, Good of you to join us on the show again. Um, We've had a busy few weeks with the the 1,000 guineas, 2,000 guineas, both here and in uh, Ireland. And, of course, we're all heading towards the the Derby now, I suppose, and the Derby trials and what have you. Um, What have you made of it so far? Well, it's always a fascinating
2: time of the year, adrian i think when I mean, you're you're trying to put the jigsaw together really and trying to uh, just uh, uh, assess what what are going to be the stars you know what is going to be that horse that makes that huge breakthrough on derby day or what filly in the oaks and uh, mm. we've had a lot of clues and it's just a question of trying to sort them out um, the 2000 guineas was a bit of a bunch finish uh, won by Poetic Flair, who's now running three classics, which is fairly remarkable. Uh, he, he then went on to look a little bit unlucky in running in the French Guineas, and then ran very well behind his stable companion, Max Sweeney, in the Irish Guineas last weekend. Yeah. And Mother Earth, she won the 1,000 Guineas, but then she was beaten in the French Guineas. So that was right at the beginning of the month, and... After that, it was it was really uh, a question of all the trials. Um, Mark Basila uh, winning the French Guineas. Uh, he's a very serious horse, I think, but probably not one for the. Um, he's going to be more around a mile, probably the French French uh, Derby. of the thought the uh, Prix Jockey Club for him. Yeah. Apart from that, lots of trials at Chester and and York and and, and other good races at Lingfield as well. Um, so interesting
0: stuff. Absolutely, yeah, and and you know, having seen all of of these trials, you know, from a derby point of view, what what stands out from from your point of view?
2: Well, I think the bookmakers are quite right to have Bolshoi Ballet at the top of the market. I mean, this horse has won both his starts for Aidan O'Brien this season, and he was very impressive when winning the Derrensdown trial over at Leopardstown by six lengths. Now that trial has been a very good guide in the past along with the dante really those have been the the two best trials for the derby and this horse absolutely bolted up showed an excellent turn of foot over a mile and a quarter both his wins this season have been over a mile and a quarter but he's by Galileo and he's a full brother to a horse called Southern France who stayed very well for the O'Brien team so I think there's every chance he's going to get the trip I mean horses that run in the derby they're A of course they've got to be of, of high quality but they really have to stay as well well, um, the, the weather is a little bit of a question at the moment because it's just so wet, isn't it, all yeah, over the country? And yeah. we don't really know what the ground's going to be at, at Epsom. I mean, it does drain very well, but I think he's the he's the rightful favourite on form, and his stable companion, High Definition, who made a belated debut in the in the Dante. I think he's an interesting one because uh, he'd had a few uh, hold ups before York, and he was staying on strongly at the finish and he has held in very high. I mean, Two wins last season where where he won, he, he was just staying, staying. And I think he's a horse that does look the right fit for the Derby. So, you know, it's been the story of the Derby for quite a few years now, on and off, that um, Aidan O'Brien is is the man to beat.
0: I was just going to say that it doesn't seem as though some of our sort of expected top-notches, like uh, the Gosdens, obviously, um, Sir Michael Stout, Haggis... Um, Certainly John Gosden's team don't, I mean, I'm not an expert on this, but they don't seem to be running quite as well as they normally do. Would you say that was the case?
2: Well, I think John Gosden has actually admitted that his three-year-olds are a little bit um, below par this year. He hasn't really got um, too many superstars. I mean, he's got Palace Pier. That's an older horse who won the lock engine. will probably go on to to the Queen Anne at Royal Ascot. But um, he's admitted that he's probably a bit short of stars, Mm. and uh, none of them have really come through with regard to the Derby or the Oaks. Um, It's been the story of the horse racing scene in the last couple of months now britain ireland and ireland have absolutely dominated everywhere and at this stage they have a very powerful hand in the derby because third in the market in the derby is last weekend's irish guineas winner max sweeney trained by jim Bulger. yeah
0: he's
2: a six to one chance and uh, and then you've got british trained runners like hurricane lane who won the dante little bit workman like perhaps john leeper won a, a listed race at uh, Newmarket, uh, named after the late John Dunlop. And Mo Harfeth, who who won a small race very easily at Newmarket. Hard to, hard to know what to make of that. And Third Realm, who won the Lingfield Derby trial. He's a possibility, I think, at 14 to 1. He handled the course at Lingfield very well. He could run well in the Derby, but, but whether he's up to the level of bol- Bolshoi Ballet, High definition of McSweeney, the top Irish challengers. I
0: think that remains to be seen. What about William Haggis? Has he got any sort of dark horses that could suddenly uh, appear on the scene, do you think? At the
2: moment, his best horse would probably be al Arzi, who's uh, running in the um, Coronation Cup. But Mohafeth is trained by William Haggis, and he's an 8-1 to chance for the derby. It's just He absolutely cantered up in that race at uh, Newmarket, but I'm pretty sure that at least one of his rivals didn't give his running. And Haggis is a little bit concerned about the weather and, and says that the horse won't run if it's if the going's too soft. I mean, it takes a lot of rain to make Epsom soft, but they are a little bit concerned about that. Um, and the oaks, you see, again, you've got Aidan O'Brien at, at the moment, you know, looking in. A dominant position with Santa Barbara, who ran promisingly in the one thousand guineas for a very lightly raced filly. She's very highly regarded, beautifully bred, she's the favorite, and Snowfall. Who won the musadora stakes at york well she's the second favorite both trained by Aidan o'brien and then you've got the british contenders all at bigger prices uh, i thought Zayardar might be an interesting one the second in the uh, cheshire oaks behind dubai fountain didn't get the best of runs and stayed on well uh, trained by roger varian i think she's a possibility and uh, Saffron Beach, who was a runner-up in the 1,000 guineas behind Mother Earth, well, she's going for the Oaks, and uh, she's got to get the trip, of course, but um, she shapes like she might do.
0: What about Aidan O'Brien's sons? I mean, he's got sort of Joseph and Donica uh, now training. Uh, have they got any sort of, uh, you know, expected runners in the derby?
2: Well, not not amongst the, um, the top uh, few horses in the list of... Um, uh, in the anti-post lists at this stage, uh, they've both done extremely well. I mean, in his first season, uh, Donica won the uh, Prix de Diane with uh, Fancy Blue. That was a remarkable performance uh, for a rookie trainer. And Joseph O'Brien, of course, has also had a phenomenal start to his training career. I say start; He's been training for a few years now. But um, to win uh, the races he's been winning, uh, the Melbourne Cup and uh, many other big races across the world, has been quite spectacular they're a remarkable family they really are and uh they are blessed of course to have great support from the coolmore stud um they have the the best of thoroughbreds really the best bred thoroughbreds around but uh, you've still got to deliver and i've always yeah. thought over the years that uh, with aiden o'brien you know it's he's had a you know it's, it's just phenomenal the, the races he's won the classics he's won and um you, people could say well he gets the best raw material but you've still got to deliver the goods and he keeps on doing it
0: mm, absolutely well how does it work over there exactly then i mean are, do, do, are all the operations close together or are they separated by by a lot of distance or what exactly
2: well i think um I think joseph or donica actually trains on um the father's land yeah. and it, so that's a, a family and uh, i think they're very close as regards to how the how the horses are selected, who goes where. Well, I'm not sure how that works, but um, Joseph O'Brien has brought in new owners, and, uh, and you know, it's just not, not only Coolmore, and he needed to do that yeah. to, um, to make an impression. But uh, it's a remarkable story. There'll be a, a great book uh, about the uh, family O'Brien one day. In fact, I'm a bit surprised it hasn't already been written.
0: Well, you better pitch in then, uh, Simon, see if you can get it to do. Well,
2: <laughs> I know it would be a great book, but, but you know, it's a, it's a sad thing these days because um, sometimes, you know, I rummage around charity shops and things, and you yeah. see all, all these good books, and the author's spent so long writing them, and, and they end up on sale for about a pound. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. I think
2: it's very, I think unless you're an absolute best-selling author, it's very hard to make money out of writing these days.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But they're both quite, relatively young aren't they the, the, the two brothers
2: well absolutely i mean joseph was um, and donico they were both excellent riders uh, both retired relatively early i mean they're quite both quite tall so yeah. the weight was an issue for both of them uh, joseph did amazingly well to keep his weight down for so long but uh, he won plenty of big races and uh, you know he, he had a very good career in the saddle but he's uh, promising to become an even better trainer and uh, he's got a good team going over there. And uh, as I say, has, has been winning uh, in uh, so many big races. But just if you look at the head of the Derby and the Oaks and even the Coronation Cup in which um, Aidan O'Brien could have Japan, he could run Love, um, there's Mogul and Armory, and Broom has been running very well. He's got all the powers so At this stage of the season, it's um, it's uh, O'Brien Sr. that seems to hold all the aces
0: And, of course, not long after the derby, we've got Royal Ascot coming up in the uh, background.
2: Yes, well, uh, of course, uh, that comes just a few weeks after the derby. And uh, I mentioned Palace Pierre earlier. I mean, he he was a very impressive winner of the Locking Stakes at Newbury. I think it's uh, pretty undisputed that he's the the leading miler and... um, he will take a lot of beating in the Queen Anne stakes. That is, if they don't step him up in distance. It has been talked about that uh, he might go a bit further. Uh, he could want to run in the Prince of Wales' stakes as an alternative. But uh, while he's so good at the mile, it, it seems a little bit... Um, of a risk to to try him over further in case he didn't get it. An extra two films is quite a lot. And he's just so effective at a mile. Maybe they will later in the season, but um, until he's beaten and exposed over the mile, then I'm sure that they'll stick to that distance. But he's going to be one of the stars of Royal Ascot, and we've got Stradivarius, of course, going for another Gold Cup. Um, could be up against a decent horse at Mark Johnson, so in subjectivist this who won in Dubai earlier in the year in very good style. But he's going to be one of the stars of Royal Ascot as well. And we've got all these 2 roles coming through. And there was just one, I think it was yesterday, up at Wolverhampton, it was called, uh, let me just see, I think it's called Hello You it was incredibly impressive. Uh, at Wolverhampton, absolutely bolted up, trained by Rafe Beckett, a daughter of invincible spirit, uh, won by six and a half lengths over six furlongs. So uh, she's bound to have a go at Royal Ascot, probably in the Albany stakes. And uh, that new trainer, George Bowie, has been going great guns with his two-year-olds. He's got a lot of nice 2 year olds And one I particularly like is Novello, who won the Lily Agnes stakes at Chester earlier in the month. I think he's going to run now in the national stakes at Sandown and then could go on to Royal Ascot. So uh, there's a a lot to look forward to, Adrian.
0: Absolutely, Simon. Well, thanks for that. I'm not going to let you go just yet. I just want, before you finish, what's your tip for the Derby?
2: Well, at this stage, I I think I would probably have a little bit each way on third rail, but 14 to 1. I just can't see a lot of value in Bolshoi Ballet or high definition, 2 to 1, 4 to 1. But I... I, I, I suppose deep down, I think that they may well have a bit of a class edge. But a third round one, pretty nicely at Lingfield. Peter, a, a horse of Godolphins called called Dayar, who'd shaped very well first time out this season. I think at 14 to 1. He handled the bend very well at Lingfield. I think he'll definitely handle the track well. And uh, he could be a, a, a decent each way bet.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much, Simon. You heard it here first. Third round for the derby for Simon Holt. Thank you for that Simon. Uh, enjoy your weekend in uh, in Scotland, and uh, we'll speak you. to you again shortly. Well, there you go. That was the racing post Simon Holt there with his uh, assessment of what's been going on on the tracks of the Great Britain so far this month, and of course he reckons third realm for the Derby. Well, it's fourteen to one at the moment, so you heard it here first. Now it's time to pop down to Columpton and catch up with Rod Millman. OK, well, good afternoon, Rod. Um, You must be flying at the moment. You must be like a dog with two tails, I expect, aren't you? Well, it's
3: gone well at the moment. Um, No, we can't complain at all.
0: No, definitely not. And, and not just winds, but, I mean, Mountain Ash, for example, was four and a quarter lengths in front, which is hardly, you know, that's getting on with it, and especially for a ninety two shot as well.
3: Well, he, he's gone up 11 pounds. Has but, he? Um, normally, I'd be horrified, but the fact was he was... He was a bit too low before. We were struggling to get him in the races. So he's now gone up to um, 54, which is still a low mark. Yeah. And um, I would hope that he's still competitive off that mark, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, even the other... I mean, Gracious Girl was was two and a half lengths. um, Abel Kane, a length, a length and a half silent flames. I mean, they're not just sneaking in by a nose or something. They're winning by, you know, a a comfortable distance, aren't they? Uh,
3: Yes. Well, of course, the, the, the... the trouble is, though, is, they're all handicappers, um, mm. and because they pay the penalty for going up in the weights, you know. But they're, they're, I'm hoping they'll still be competitive. They're, they're all starting to run again pretty soon.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
3: um, but, I, I don't like resting horses in for one.
0: <laughs> no, no. Well, I'm sure you don't. But um, but looking, at, I mean, you've got one today now at Sandown, cool cat. What chance has that got?
3: Uh, very competitive race, um, but he's, he, he's, he's a nice horse, he should run well. He's a, he's a horse that um, we did well with last year. He had two wins and some places. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he ran a nice race at, at Summer second. And I probably ran him a bit quick, and he, he didn't back up quite so well at so He's had a nice break since then.
0: Yeah. But
3: I would hope hope he's ready to run well.
0: Yeah. And then tomorrow, air show.
3: Well, air Show's going up to Haydock tomorrow, and mm. um, we are a little bit worried about the rain. Yeah. Because um, the ground's been so soft, it's dried out a little bit, so we let him take his chance. He's got a good draw. Uh, he hangs. He hangs. The way he hangs when he's off the bridle is is he's drawn to the rail, so that would be a good run. But a good shocky, PJ McDonald. Yeah, um, he would he would have a good chance, I think. You know.
0: Yeah, but then Saturday you, you you're going to be stretched a bit. I think you've got one at Chester. If assuming they all run, of course. Yeah, we've got uh, one
3: at Chester. We, well, they all run. Um, and yeah. We've got um, crazy. Crazy luck goes to Chester. Um, it's a big disadvantage if you're drawn too far off the wing with five or eleven, yeah. which um, isn't isn't too bad because if you miss a break you can still get in a little bit whereas if you miss a break and you draw one you've got no chance hmm,
0: no, so
3: um now she's, she's in good form she only just beaten last time at Windsor and um I'd expect her to run a big race we've got John Johnny Egan on her
0: yeah and, and then, then, we're,
3: then we're down to Salisbury. Salisbury I've got a busy day there yeah Um I've got Amazon Dream he's in the first race uh, nice horse this is his prep run for Ascot
0: right
3: um, he would like faster ground, ideally, but the race falls him well to be a prep for Ascot.
0: Mm.
3: Um, he's favourite. He should run a good race, you know.
0: Yeah, jockey. So he is a
3: better horse. He is a better uh, jockey. Uh, Robert Havlin.
0: Right, and then um, Top Time Handy Talk. What about those two?
3: Well, Top Time he would prefer faster ground. There's only six runners, and he's mm. well drawn. So he's got a chance. Yeah. Andy Talk has got Safi Osborne, who's one of the best claimers in the country at the moment. Yeah. Um, he's taken five off him, and he wouldn't do that a chance. And, and then, then she she rides top time as well. Right. So right. He gives him give him more a chance. Then I think I've got a three-year-old having his a three-year-old having his second run. Um, is he, that that
0: Marago boy?
3: Yeah, he's he's a work in progress at the moment, but mm-hmm. he's a nice horse. He should, should have a future. And then... Um, uh, I think it was Storm, uh, Storm.
0: Storm. Yeah.
3: Yeah, if he jumps off with them, he'll run well, but he can be a bit quirky at the start.
0: Right. Gavin?
3: Um, and then Gavin. Gavin's a nice horse. He he, he he would he would have a chance, but I'd probably... T's and C's is probably a bit more solid for him. Mm.
0: OK, OK. And then Abel Kane and Master Grey on Monday. So what a busy yeah, weekend for you. Yeah,
3: both with the chance. Then. Um, Obviously, Abel Kane's not been at the first two this season. Yeah, and um, this is the first run back for having a wind operation for um, Master Gray.
0: So, all in all, you know, quite a hopeful looking weekend for you, really.
3: Yeah, we 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 have to we're we're struggling for um, lorries, obviously.
0: Yeah, I was going to say it must be a bit of quite a logistical problem, isn't it? Well, it is, but we'll manage it. We always do. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going to ask you: Have you? I see you sadly announced today that Barney Curley died. Have you? Did you ever have yeah. any any dealings with Barney Curley?
3: No, I didn't actually. No, but he was a very clever man. I mean, he he had he landed some real really good twos, twos in his time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and what a way, what a way to do it though! To block off the phone so they couldn't get to the bookers. I thought that was great. Well, there
3: we are, you see. There, there we are. That's just, and you know what his previous his previous um, his previous job was a was a trainee priest.
0: Yeah, <laughs> obviously had no scruples then, did he? <laughs> well, there you
3: are, you see. There you are, you know. Yeah. I no. rarely ever see a thin priest do
0: you? <laughs> no. no, well, that's true enough. That's true enough. Anyway. All these priests, all,
3: all these priests that, that that have a have a. Um, Work, live in third world countries where everyone else
0: is starving. They always look well, don't they? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, they do tend to, don't they? That's true enough. But I see, looking at the looking at the racing post thing with um, you know, the runners and riders on, it says that 73% of your horses are running to form in the last 14 days. Well, that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know,
3: it's, um, no, we're very pleased,
0: really. Very, very pleased. Yeah, no, and I mean, a bit of sunshine now and the horses back, that can't do any harm, can it? No, not at all,
3: not at all
0: no excellent well look rod thanks very much for joining us have a super okay, weekend pleasure. i should be keeping an eye on them for sure and um hopefully filling my right. boots as well <laughs> you never know okay okay rod speak much. to you next week though. thank cheers. you very much indeed bye-bye. cheers bye-bye well that was Columpton trainer rod milman absolutely on the crest of a wave at the moment you heard what he had to say about his horses he's got several out over the weekend at both salisbury and uh haydock so uh You have been told, and you hear it here first. Now we're going to pop up to Lamborn and catch up with another up-and-coming flying trainer, and that's Tom Ward. Okay, Tom, good evening, sir. How are you today?
4: Very well. How are you?
0: Yeah, well, no, I'm not too good because uh, I support Manchester United, and as you probably know, they lost last night. And the goalkeeper was pathetic. But anyway, enough of that. We're supposed to be talking about horses, not football. So... um, Beauty Stone ran very well last week.
4: She did. No, she's, um, she's improving all the time. Um, we've given her plenty of time. She's a four-year-old now, so she's really starting to come to herself. And like I say, she's won four on the bounce, and she still looks like she's got plenty uh, up her sleeve. So, yeah, very happy with her, and hopefully there'll be a lot more to come from her towards the end of the season.
0: Uh, are you going to give her a bit of a rest now, judging by that, what you say about the, the end of the season? or i um,
4: yeah, just to, she she doesn't want the ground too quick, and I think we're due a bit of dry weather. So I'd say she'll be one we might just give a little bit of a break now, and and hopefully get her ready for when the rain comes back in sort of, sort of autumn time or end of the summer.
0: Well, let's hope we have a good summer anyway, because this weather's been dire, hasn't it lately? But, um,
4: know, but it looks looks pretty good now. I'd say it's going to dry out yeah. rapidly in the next few weeks.
0: That's right. Um, Saturday, you've got a, a few, a couple running Saturday, and one two well, oh, quite a few on Monday as well. So let, let's talk about yeah. Saturdays first. Capotti's dream.
4: Capotti's dream. He's been a, He's been great. We bought him out of Ireland um, in October, and he's so far. He's run four times for us and won three of them, um, and was second on his other start. Um, he's he was a horse that we sort of bought as sort of seven furlong miler, but he shows a lot more speed. So we're, 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 we think he's more of a sprinter now. Um, so we've trained him as a sprinter and he's quite sort of untapped as a sprinter. So I'm hoping there's quite a little bit more improvement in him. Um, he's favourite on Saturday, so he should be should be thereabouts and the ground already suits. So, hmm. yeah, hopefully um, hopefully it'll be it'll the right right race for him.
0: What sort of tactics do you have to do when you've got a horse that you thought was a miler or say or whatever and you suddenly find that it's more suited to be a, a sprinter? How do you change the training techniques?
4: Well, we just we, I trained him sort of when he first came over I just gave him an easy time and got him sort of into a nice routine over here and then eventually just started doing a bit of work with him and once once I'd done a couple of sort of strong bits of work with him I'd realised he was definitely quicker than he'd would uh, he been showing in Ireland and um, so I basically gave him, gave him his first run over six and he proved to he won first time out at Kempton and proved to be a sprinter and we thought well he's pretty untapped um, in that department he's only been running over seven and a mile and um yeah so he's a horse that hopefully will progress going through the ranks in in the sprinting uh, in the sprinting game
0: do you ride them yourself during the training process or do you leave it all to your staff
4: uh no i tend to leave it to the staff i will i will ride um the odd day sort of every couple of weeks but generally i try and um, i try and leave it to the lads we've got really good a good group of guys who who work for us. So yeah, um, yeah. I think I think I'm, I'm better off leaving it to them.
0: So uh, moving on then to the Waterman at Salisbury.
4: Yeah, I think he's a he's a horse. Um, he's another one who just wants wants soft ground, and I've been waiting for it. And he's I was trying to I was trying to get him to run Monday at Wolverhampton Windsor, but it was called off. So I found another race for him this weekend at Salisbury, and I know he's going to be sort of he probably started a big price, but he shouldn't be, and I think his only his only run on soft ground last year was his best run and I think he'll um he should be banged there, he's got lots of speed and he's trained on nicely from his two-year-old career, so yeah. I'm hoping at a big price he'd be worth definitely in each way, shout he's he's in good nick I mean, he's only going to be each way for two places, but he should be banged there, and I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if he could nearly win
0: Okay, that's fair comment then Now, well, Capucci's dream I presume isn't going to run on both races, so where's he more likely to go? Hey Doc, or or Windsor?
4: So, no, he'll go Haydock Saturday, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And
0: then Roman missed, of course, that's a, a hot to trot Bob, isn't it? I think.
4: Yeah, she's probably going to miss Monday. I think she's she's um, going to wait. There's a couple of races in a fortnight for her. The ground's still a bit soft, so I'll give her another couple of weeks, probably. Yeah. Um, no rush for her.
0: <laughs> Vintage Rascal?
4: Um, he's more likely to go to Leicester on Tuesday, um, but again, ground will suit him nicely, so um, I'd be hopefully run well around Leicester. On Tuesday, uh, he's in good nick and he's ready to run a nice race.
0: Devil's Cub.
4: He's been very consistent. He won two starts back and he was fourth the other day. Uh, again, he wants the soft ground, so I'm trying to get another run in for him whilst, it's, whilst it is soft before that changes. Um, but yeah, look, he's in very good form, and I'd hope that he would uh, he would run well again. It's a big step up in grade from him, so he might struggle to get his head in front, but he should be there thereabouts.
0: So basically it sounds from what you're saying is that most of these could well be worth an each way back them depending on the yeah, price exactly. I
4: suppose. I mean they're all, they're all in good they're all in good shape and hopefully like I say they can uh, pull their fingers out and uh, and and do the job for us know so they're, they're in good form so that's the key is trying to keep them keep them in that way and hope that they can uh, get their head in front on the line.
0: Yeah absolutely. How much time does it take then Tom to um you know you, you you've got Loads of. Uh, I know there's a book that goes around in there with all the races in it. but How long does it take you to sort of decide which race to run the, the horses in? Because presumably there are several of a similar nature or similar distance that you, you could put them in. I mean, what what is the sort of deciding factor that says, yeah, I think we'll go for Windsor this week or, or whatever?
4: Well, it's obviously you, you can enter in a couple of races. Um, ideally, you look for, well, they say you should keep yourself in the best company and your horses in the worst. So you've yeah. got to try and keep. Um, if you make a couple of entries, get a good idea on what's going to run where and see what the, the form horses are doing and, and see which is the weakest race, ideally. Um, and then, obviously, ground's another another issue as well, depending on what they like, uh, what preference they have. So, yeah, you sort of put them all together. It's sort of a lot to do with what the actual race is and also what the, uh, what the ground is.
0: Yeah, yeah. But all, all things being equal, things are going, you know, reasonably well for you at the moment.
4: We've had a good year, yeah. We've had we've had more more winners already than last year, which is great. And we're only sort of in May, and we've won about the same amount of prize money. So no, the the horses are in really good nick, and long may it continue.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, I should be waiting to. I'm um, I'm coming to Salisbury, I think, on the eighth of eighth uh, of June. So um, hopefully, I might well either go to Lambourne first and pick up Colin uh and then come you know so we might well pop in and see you but i'll let you know nearer the time i won't just arrive because i'm sure that's uh, let's do that that'd be great yeah It'd be nice to meet you and see see the horses and yeah. see the yard and one thing or another um now yeah, th- th- this next topic of conversation i don't know whether you'll better cop whether you'll be without me sadden um what's what i'm looking for without me in uh rude but uh barney curly did you ever come across him on your travels
4: i never did no i never did um He's obviously he's a character, and he's, he's absolutely uh, he, everyone knows about him. But yeah. I, no, I never, never, never came across him um, uh, personally. No,
0: no, um, but I, I was reading about. I mean, what a, what a what a brilliant way to pull off a coup by making sure that the only phone box in town is is absolutely you know you can't get in it sort of thing. I thought that was absolutely brilliant, especially to yeah, win two million exactly. pound.
4: He's a very he's obviously a very clever he's a very clever man, and he um. He knew exactly what he was doing, and yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, he was one of the old school, and I mean, it was amazing, amazing some of the coups he, he pulled off, and and the results he got. Yeah, you got it. You got to respect the guy who, um, yeah, for what he did, and like you say, it's not easy to get money off the bookmakers, and no. um, yeah, it's good, it's good when you can.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, no, it was sad to see him go. I must admit, I do like a character like that, so, um, and and yeah. typically Irish as well. I suppose the fact that he sort of. um you know stitched up the bookies i mean that's uh no it's brilliant brilliant i think but uh there we go That's okay. yeah exactly well yeah. <laughs> look tom thanks very much for joining us again mate i uh, really do appreciate good it up. and good luck for this lot of runners here i'm hoping to see uh i think a, a little bit of the hopper money might well be going down on some of these so uh because i've got you and uh rod millman come on the show and he's he's absolutely flying at the moment as well so um uh, yeah.
1: to have okay, two well.
0: two um two trainers that are both sort of flying is uh it's quite a bonus really so yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> oh, well, no, exactly
0: long may it continue
4: let's hope so. give uh, our fingers crossed
0: yeah absolutely uh, well so, thanks for the, today mate appreciate that and uh we'll talk again next week all being well perfect
4: sounds good awesome thank you
0: okay thanks a lot tom speak to you soon mate thanks, thanks. thanks. bye bye cheers for now bye And now it's time to catch up with the chicky-chucky himself. Of course, it's Colin Brown up at Lambourne. Well, good evening, Colin. How are you this evening?
5: Very, very well. We've had a very, very wet patch, but all of a sudden the weather's starting to turn. There's a little bit of sunshine up here on the Berkshire Downs and a lot of the fillies I noticed going out when I was over in Lambourne the last couple of days watching strings on the gallops. Um... I've got a little twinkle in their eye and a little sheen to their coat now because, you know, the girls like a little bit of sun on their back. It's a bit like sort of taking your wife or your girlfriend off to the, you know, Costa del, wherever it might be, or Portugal or somewhere nice and hot and sunny, you know. And that's what the fillies like. So that's looking good. And, uh, yeah, we've got plenty to look forward to in the next few weeks because we've got the Epsom, kazoo oaks and derby which i shall be attending um next friday and saturday and we've also got some um, royal ascot coming up with 12 12 000 people soon so things are looking okay
0: yeah they good okay then so have you got some blooming winners because last week you were a little little bit a little bit David de Gea yesterday you were oh, last week Quite i about... should say
5: what about the week before
0: last? What happened the week before uh, last? I know, we had, had 10 winners that it? week. That's what I'm saying. But ah, uh, But, but okay. uh, as David De Gea, you mm. were yeah. on your top form last week. So I think we need to... um, Must do better this week, I think, don't you think?
5: Okay. We will try. If you sort of... Uh, last
0: week and the week before, if you
5: put them together, it's still about a sort of 40% strike rate. So oh, yeah, like yeah, that,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm only winding you up, of course, and the listeners will know no. that. no. I don't take any winding up.
5: I'll give you a winner at some Cartmell. If any of your listeners have ever been to Cartmell, then well done. It's a cracking place to go. You can, There's a smashing restaurant in the town there. Really nice restaurant. But well known for um, something that you probably uh, frequent and really like, and that's sticky toffee pudding. All with right, With a bit yeah. of clotted cream.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you like that? Not the clotted cream, but I love the sticky toffee pudding.
5: Ah, uh, yeah, that's where they make it. So, um, yeah, great meeting at Cartmel. Um, one horse that stands out for me up there is Philip Hobbs' horse. It's a horse. It's a horse um, of his tra- trained uh, by Hobbsy and owned by um, A. P. Uh, a. P. McCoy, uh Owned by J. P. McManus, and it's called No Comment. He's won four of his twenty-five races, so nearly a fifth of his races he's won. But he's not a bad animal. This. And he's getting pretty well handicapped. He's tumbled from sort of like marks of 138, 137, down to 128. Wasn't beaten very far at Aintree last time out. um, And I think he'll win. Um, And he also ran, you know, at the Cheltenham Festival um, in a decent race there. I think No Comment will win the 4.30 at Carpnall. Okay. So... We've got plenty of good racing for you listeners and we're going to move from cart now what we do we drive across the lake district It's absolutely beautiful past all those places where they do home trailing and uphill and down jail we get out onto that m6 and normally i'd rather turn left and go up the west coast of scotland but i'm going to turn right and go to haydock park and we've got a few de- decent races at haydock park in fact we've got the um, achilles stakes a listed race And then we've got the Pinnacle Stakes, which is for fillies and mares and also the John O'Gaunt Stakes. So we're going to have a little look at those three races, the 220 being the first one there at Haydock Park. And looks a pretty um, competitive little race. But there's a horse here that I really quite fancy. And he's a very good sprinter. He's had one run and I think he's going to be spot on for the day. And he's called Moss Gill. And that runs here. At um, Haydock, he was well beaten and made down the last time out. But before that, just second, a good race at Lingfield Park. Um, you yeah, know, if he's uh, if he's back in great form, I'd say he'd take the take the beating. Possibly, he's got Kings Lynn to beat. That is owned by Her Majesty the Queen, and trained by Andrew Boarding and ridden by Oshim Murphy. So they're the two horses I like. Number seven, six and seven, Moscow and Kings Lynn. I think we'll just go. We'll just go, um, do you know what? I'm just going to go Moscow to win it in right. 2.28 Okay. Okay. As we move to the 2.55, it's the pinnacle stakes. It's for Phillies and Mares. It's a group three race. Uh, we've only got six runners. So no each-way betting, uh, to talk about, um, David Ellsworth got a runner in it, but I can't really fancy that. Um, now, I think the horse that can win this race is a horse called Cavalletta. It's trained by Varian. It was third at York to Queen Power, but Queen Power hacked up the other day. It's got pretty smart form, this one, in fact. And um, I think it will take a bit of beating. It's called Cavalletta. runs in the Chiefly Park Colours number two in the 255 at Haydock Park
0: what about La Luna only well I, I noticed Han, not... Henry Candy hasn't had very many runners at all so far but I see it's already yeah. won once this season so it's you know just, just, just a thought that's all it sort of caught my eye that Candy hasn't had many runners yeah. and Maybe, yeah, if... no,
5: caught my eye as well. Good trainer, Henry, and a real nice guy as well. He's half brother to quite a good author, George Scott's called Brazen Bow. Um, and she did win the other day. You know, I wouldn't put any of your listeners off Laloon, um, but I'm going to just stick with the uh, Roger Ferrer and Chiefly Pye course. But Laloon's about three to one, Caballetta is around about 13 to eight. That's going to be my selection. The next race is the 3.30. It's the John and Gordon Stakes group three race. We've got quite a few runners for this. And um, some pretty nice horses uh, running here. I noticed that DeTorey's been back to uh, book to ride Kinross in the race. Um, And he doesn't normally go too far on the weekend unless they've got a real good chance of winning. In fact, he must be just keeping himself fit for uh, big meetings coming up because he's only got two ordinary rides there that are both about 11 to 1. So I don't know whether it's going to win or whether it's not. Um, what wins it? Well, Safe Voyage is the 11 to 4 favourite, but Safe Voyage has been made favourite quite a few times before. It was a disappointing run the other day, Young yeah, Palace, Kurt I know it was a good race. I mean, Christ, it was beaten about 30 lengths or something. And another horse horse I fancy in the race, I think, could shake it up. That won the other day, beat 27 other runners at um, Ascot. It's called River Nymph. Number six, it's trained by Clive Cox. That's 13 to 2. Clive's horses, um, in good form. He's had a couple of winners this week already. I reckon this one can win. And that's at Haydock in the 330. Number six, River Nymph. Write that one down in your books because i don't think that will be too far away so where do we go next you reckon i think we're going to give beverly a miss i think we're going to give catrick a miss and we're going to come on down um from haydock park down the m6 and before we get to those awful roadworks, we're going to swing off to the
0: right and go to chester have you ever been to chester I've been to Chester, the town, but I've not been to Chester races. Uh,
5: why have you been to the town then? Uh,
0: it was during the days, my early days at uh, Yeovil Town uh, when Chester was still oh. in the conference and we had to go and play Chester at Chester.
5: Well, I'm blowed. I, I thought you were going to say maybe it was during the war.
0: But, no. Um... No, I was only just born, just after the war, so uh, no.
5: Yeah, but was that the first or the
0: second? <laughs> Cheeky git. <laughs> oh, the great. second. Oh, yeah.
5: Second World War, okay. That's no problem. That is absolutely fine. Right, uh, let's have a look what wins um, at Chester. You need a bit of luck at Chester. You need to be drawn up the inside-ish, uh, uh, to be perfectly honest, and you do need a lot of the luck. In the first race... Is a seven and a half furlong race, probably not quite so important over seven and above, but it's quite important on um, most of the races. But certainly, the five and a half furlong races, you know, you need to be drawn a little bit um, near towards the inside. And um, there's a horse trained by Brian Meehan, and his horses are looking good. And they're winning, called Tacitus. And I think that might just win the first race there. Uh, as I say, Brian's horses are running okay. And at um, the second above the other day, could win here with Martin Dwyer in the saddle. Um, as I say, you need a little bit of luck round here. Um, you really do and it's seriously competitive racing. It really is. but um, the horses uh, you know that, that they, if they've been there before and had a bit of experience, quite often you know that's the way to go. And so if you're looking through the cart, <coughs> listeners, excuse me, um, you know, always be looking for horses that are uh, course, course and distance winners. Now in the, um, <coughs> in the three fifteen, I always often have a look at, uh, we've well, got Rod Millman's got a horse called crazy like, drawn five. You've got Tom Dascombe who trains just up the road. He's got a horse called Cuban breeze. It's drawn three. And, um, Cuban Breeze ran quite a good race third of eight beyond show-along last time at Chester. Um, and on that day, uh, it was drawn three as well. It just needed the run, I think. Um, but I think the form sort of worked out okay. The second horse has come out and run pretty well in a decent listed race at York. So I think Cuban Breeze won't be far away. But you probably know more about uh, Crazy Luck. Second at Windsor the other day, beaten half a
0: length. What uh, what does Rodders think of this one? Well, Rodders is you uh, know good winner last night, nine to one, cool cat, yeah, right. and he's had six winners in the last what thirteenth thirteenth of May. So what's that? A seven? Uh, but in the last nine days, he's had six winners, absolutely flying at the moment. And uh, from what I can remember, you'll have to listen to the program because I recorded it yesterday. But I think he's fairly fairly boyish about that one for sure. All right,
5: I think it's a real tricky race. and you know, for any of your punters that might have a uh, an account where they can do tri-cast, this is a sort of race where I sometimes, you know, sling in a sort of 50p um, uh, reverse exact to tricast um, or forecast, and I would put Bayless in it, number three.
0: Yeah.
5: but number eight Cuban breeze. And number nine, crazy luck. And instead of calling that three tips, we're going to call it one. So if you do a reverse exacta combination with those three horses, um, that'll be six bets. And for a pound, it'll cost you 12 quid. For 50p, it'll cost you six quid. And if they happen to be first and second in any order, two out of those three, then that's a winning bet. I love doing those in these sort of races. And I also like doing them at places like Royal Ascot because when I was last there, I did one of those bets. I think it cost me about a fiver, and I won 110 quid. So um, it's just a good, good, fun bet to do, you know, and just sort of like uh, spread your spread your um, wings a little bit. 350 there at Chester. Blow your horn, something that you do a fair bit. Um, One at Newcastle and Chelmsford. Um, he's won two from eight races. What are you laughing about? <laughs> oh, poor you. Well, is that hay fever or are you smoking? Well, let's hope Mary and I don't catch that cough over the phone. Um, anyhow, I've spoken to Mary for a week, but I must do or two. Uh, but I must do. Bless her. I hope she's still back in the winners and uh, she will appreciate a little bit better weather. I think what she does with the old um, better weather is watching the race. And she gets some TV sort of outside and set up underneath a nice awning and sits there having a nice bit of lunch and a cream tea, glass of wine, you know, watching the racing and, and sticking on the bets from all the selections that we put up on a, on a Friday. That's fantastic. You don't, you don't have to download it at no, all, do you? Because sometimes, like with radio, some radio programmes, you can go on there, you don't have to download it, you can just listen to the podcast and then go, thank you very much. That is brilliant, because you you put a lot of work into your radio programme, I must say, and you've got some good guests on. Um, who have you got on soon? Tell me. You've got some pretty good guests on soon, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, he'll be on soon. He'll be on soon. He'll be on soon. He's on holiday at the moment, but he will be on soon. He's just, te- just texted me. Um, yeah, that's true. Said he's on holiday, but uh, we'll come on soon. So there we go. Right, the two-year-old race here at Chester. I think Richard Hannon's two-year-old will win it. It's called El Shabil. And it was second at Newbridge Hall. It was It's called Jukebox. I ticked up the other day. that won about nine to one. And this, I think, will win the 425 at Chester. It's called El Shabil, number one, the 425 um jamie spencer he was down at um, Brighton brightness which just had the one ride and he used to ride of course it was a great friend and he was a great mentor to him the great late barney curlew sadly um died uh earlier this week and uh yeah spencer was a great friend of his and he rides a horse called blow your horn and that runs in the 350 because i remember just now you said talking about blowing your horn what about listening to our program on the podcast um so, Blow Your Horn, number two wins that one. And El Shabir wins the 425. And then, we'll get, should we go to Force Slash down in West Wales? What about that? What do you have a bird, a uh, le- young lady down there? Oh, no, Grandma, okay. Great part of the way. The countryside is beautiful. I bet you are. I keep saying to my wife, we must go down and just take the dogs for a walk. She says, well, that's miles. But actually, um, I live near Lambourne. As long as there's no policeman listening. I mean I can do Fos from here in two, two and a half hours. And so just to go down there to go to a beach. Can you recommend a few beaches then down at Fors? Really? And can you take dogs on it? Is there Penbray? I must remember that. Sounds beautiful. yeah, sounds fantastic. I must remember that. Yeah, that is a it is a lovely, lovely part of the world. You're absolutely right. I shall get down there. Penbray, I shall remember that. Well, it's quite hard we could do a holiday program. What about doing a bit of a holiday program? And, um, you know, we could uh, maybe we'll get a few listeners sort of phoning in or something like that. I don't know. I see there was a thing on Facebook this week. Um, how many major cities have you been to in the world? And I noticed my mother-in-law, uh, the old show-off, she soon perked up. They had a list of about, I don't know, 40 or something. She did 29 of them. Well-traveled mother-in-law. Oh yeah, we're going to Fosslass, that's where we are. Um, right. Now, there's a very interesting horse running in at Foslas called uh, Disinherited Knight, number two, and it runs down there in the um, ooh, 8.30. It's trained by Christian Williams, it's ridden by Nick Schofield, I don't know whether you've got Nick on your programme this week, but um, it's well bred, it's half a it goes back to the family of artifice, if people have got a long enough memory. It used to be trained by John Thorne and uh, Philip Hobbs used to ride him many years ago. From the family of Amberley House, who won the Grand National, and is a half-brother horse called Black-Anshan. And um, I, 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 by I Eric. There's a horse that um, could just take the final race there. Although you've got horse called Nelson's Rock, which, um won a few races, point to points, for the stable of um of colin tizard and his horses are running quite well aren't they old collins so I, I don't know it's yeah well that's good that's good they needed to so um maybe they, he's turned the corner a little bit but i'm going to go for that the one that i just mentioned disinherited night um for a bit of fun right let us enter um top radio presenter a hopper Um, let's have a look at Salisbury one of the tracks I love now Salisbury for your West Country listeners although I'm sure you have listeners from all over the world um, Salisbury not far away from you lot down there in the West what a great track it is isn't it yeah no I've seen you there I've always seen that you're always very prominent at at Salisbury when I've seen you there in fact the last time you were right up in the first three in the dinner queue (laughs) No, it's yeah, you didn't miss the break. You were bang there, boom. Now, um, joking aside, yeah, Salisbury, I mean, Richard Hannan does quite well there. He's got a few runners that need to to have a look at there at Salisbury. And also William Haggis sends one down. But, you know, when you run a two-year-old race that's got a penalty, it's got to be quite good to win to give that few pounds away. But he runs a pretty nice horse here. Called Second Wind, and it runs in the 540 at Salisbury. Don't get me far away, and that's the one I'm going to tip up. 6:15 at Salisbury, we have. I tell you, who's riding well? That little Safi Osborne, Jamie Osborne's um, uh, a daughter. She lost her. I was at Brighton the other day doing my um, race day presentations, and she rode a winner there for her dad, and she lost a seven-pound claim. So she's down a five and she rides a horse called Top Time. And that is for your man, Mr. Rodney Newman. And that was second at Nottingham the other day on Good to Firm Ground. It's got a, quite a nice bit of form. It was a winner last year at Kempton on the All Weather uh, under Holly Doyle. It's rated 65. I reckon with her claim off it, this won't be far away. 6.15, Salisbury. Top Time. That's the one I'm going to go for. Okay. Um, I don't have any prices in front of me, so I'm not quite sure what price it is. Rodgers then run Is it? Rodgers then runs a horse called Handy Talk in the 6.45, and I suppose if listeners tune in, they will find out what he has to say about that one. I don't know whether you can squeak a little bit of info for us. No. No. Once the trainer hits form... That's when you've got to be watching them. And the times I've done that, when, when you concentrate on the trainer, all of a sudden, whoosh, they've been out of form, they're form. That's when you want to be with them. And actually talking about that, in the next race, I've got a horse called Lordsbridge Boy, trained by um, a not real nice guy called William Knight, who trains in Newmarket. Um, and that runs in the 6.45. Now, I spoke to him about, I don't know, five, six days ago, and he said he was settling into Newmarket. Really loved it. Great fun. Lovely place. Um, I know it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but he's enjoying himself there. But you know, the seconds could have been winners, and that's you know, that counts for everything, doesn't it? Really, if your seconds could have been winners, you know, you could have had a whole load more winners. But it's the same for everybody. But he runs a horse. Um, he runs a horse there called Lord's Bridge Boy. And second at Newmarket, only just beaten under a 10-pound apprentice and probably with a jockey on that day, taking nothing away from Abigail, who him really, well, uh, it probably would have won, I would have said. So I would say that will win Lordsbridge Boy, and that is there in the 6.45 at Salisbury. The next race is a three-year-old race, and gosh, there's some quite nice sleep red horses in this race. Um, But I'm not sure, I'm not quite sure what's going to win it. It looks a pretty, pretty uh, tough old event. Um, Henry Candy, you were talking about him just now. Well, he's got one in it, um, but it was quite well beaten on its debut. But horses, obviously, you know, they do improve for the run. But um, I would say, I would say quite possibly it could go to the Shadwell Estate Company's horse, Roger Varian's. Dane O'Neill takes the ride on this one. Cost £150,000 a yearling. Half-brother Grand Bre- Prosecutor is called Asjad, number one in the three-year-old race. Asjad, uh, 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 and that is the 715 at Salisbury. Oh, Holly and she gets some good rides. She rides a nice horse called Hologramza for um, for a uh, 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 Mark Johnson, the 745 there at Salisbury. But... It's quite a competitive little race and um, I'm not really quite sure what's going to win here. I'm looking at a locally trained horse and that's Hughie Morris's Thunderclap. He often sticks one in here and they go and improve and um, he's put this up and tripped by two furlongs and uh, you might just take a chance with horse number nine, each way Thunderclap in the 7:45 at Salisbury. Yeah, I think he's got a horse transport business as well. <laughs> well, a lot of these, you no, know, joking aside, if you're a big successful trainer and you've got a, a, a little fleet of horse boxes, 304 horse boxes, you know, um, it's quite a lot of money, a mile, if you get horse transport people in. So if you've got your own transport, you know, you're training the horse and you're driving it there and getting a bit of profit, uh out of um out of that as well so yeah i mean he's a clever man mark johnson a really nice guy as well so yeah but he goes anywhere Yeah, yeah 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 no it, i mean it's pretty smart pretty smart um way of traveling i would say no doubt about that so the last race at Salisbury. if i was at Salisbury for the evening i'd probably skip on home so i could have a pint in the pub somewhere So the 8.45, don't really like that. It's a handicap, not for me. Rod milman has got a couple of runners in the race, T's and C's, and a horse called Gavin. So when you're, uh, hopefully the listeners, when they listen to what Rod has to say, uh, they can glean a little bit of information from those two horses, but I wouldn't have a clue whether they're going to win or not. Yeah, quite, quite, quite possible. Yeah, quite possible. Um, You know, it's... uh, it looks to me just a tricky old race. It, uh, it really does. Um, yeah. So sad old week, we lost Barney Curley this week and, um, he was everything to me says Frankie to paying tribute to Barney. You know Barney got, um, he, you know, when, when little old to came over from Italy at age 15 or something, you know, he got to know Barney and Barney took him under his wing, recommend him to go to Luke Comani. Uh, no, not to Luke Marnie, uh to Gosden after when he was about 20, um, and you know he did a lot of people some 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 great uh, favours. He was a great friend of uh, Tom Queeley's, and as I said just now, Jamie Spencer. You know, and uh, God, what a what a man, what a trainer. Never stopped thinking. He didn't mince his words. He was uh, you know just a quite amazing fellow and the coup that he landed once was also called yellow sam perfectly executed gamble netted curly sort of about two million quid that was a good few years ago and years ago you know when when um money was blown back to a race course you know years ago when you had bookmakers stood about before say the 1985 let's say so you didn't have telephone lines um you know, if there was serious money for horses, all your runners and your tic-tac people would be rushing up and down the telephone boxes, getting in there, getting a bit of info on money from the big shops in London. And all of a sudden, if there was money coming for tre- doubles and trebles or whatever, you know, they would go down the line and back it off the board. So that, so when the money arrived, uh, when the other horses won or, or they'd already won, you know, when people came to back them singly, they would have backed their horses off the boards. well, what Barney Curley did with this coup, Yellow Sam, was um, he made sure he had a couple of his mates in the telephone boxes who wouldn't get out. You know, they kept making telephone calls. And um, by the time that they got out of the telephone boxes, the horse had already halfway uh, to the winner's enclosure. And uh, that's the sort of coups that they landed. Um they bloom and don't. Well, I tell you what, on that note, a certain trainer who trains nowadays uh, uh, was a jockey many moons ago. I'm talking probably 60 years ago or maybe just 55 years ago. Anyhow, no, about 40 years ago. Anyhow, he was um, riding for a little firm down in New Forest, and they used to just give their horses a little bit of a you know, quiet run here and there, and, um, and then they'd suit them up for a little punch in a cellar. And I, he he was recalling the story to me the other day when he was down at Folkestone and he turned up that day and unbeknown to, you know, anybody, he thought he'd get a couple of mates to put a few bob on for him because he was sure this was the day that they were going to say, today is the day, off we go, this will win. And they went, oh, I don't think we beat a couple of the horses in the race, so, you know, go a little bit easy. So this particular uh, now uh, ex-trainer and of course ex-jockey he'd already had his bit of money on so he got a well-known traveling head lad who's sadly no longer with us to go to the telephone box and phone up a certain bookmaker to try and get his money off but there were two people in the telephone box a bit like the yellow sound story and he was waiting and waiting and waiting and the Jockey uh, delayed the start by making out his saddle was loose, and he loosened the girth. And had to retack it, and then the race was about ten minutes late off. And his mate still couldn't get in the telephone box, so he's come round one circuit. Why you had to come round three times? It wasn't folks and It was why. Come round one circuit, still not in the telephone box. Came round the second circuit. His friend, who who now is a lovely, lovely guy, but he's sadly no longer with us, so it was a travelling lad. Still outside the telephone box. So he didn't have any time to think. He just thought, bugger, I think I, oh, excuse me, I better go. So off he went, gave it a kick in the belly at wet and one and he nearly got hung by the owner and the trainer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Those are the days.
5: Those are the days. Those were the days, certainly.
0: Well, Colin, well done, mate. That's uh, 3, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 this week.
5: Oh, that's good. Well, that'll be a bit of fun. Well, you see if you uh, see Definitely. if we can get a few winners.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thanks very much for joining us again, as usual. And uh, yeah,
5: lovely to speak to you, Aidy. Uh, have a great weekend, listeners. Bank holiday weekend. My wife tells me I, I never look at things like that. I just think no. I'll be pleased to work on Monday. I don't need bank holiday Mondays off.
0: One day is very much like another, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Colin, thank you very much indeed for your time. Take it easy. Have a good weekend. Bye bye. Well, that was Colin Brown, of course, the cheeky chappy. It's time to catch up with Harlequin Racing's Dave Wilson. Now, Dave, what have you got for us this weekend?
6: Oh, yeah, we have got a couple at Haydock, uh, one over at Chester, and three in the evening meeting at Salisbury for anyone that's going to be on their travels over there.
0: Okay. So,
6: uh,. Well, going uh, start with Haydock. One, the first runs in the 2.20 race. horse called Tar Bush. Graham Lee takes a ride for Paul Midgley. He's currently priced up at thirteen to two with Bet365. We're paying three places, a fifth of yards. Now, this fella's had 38 runs on the turf in all his career, and he's won 11 of them and been placed nine times. So he's got an over 50% strike rate of hitting the frame in... His races that he completes in, and uh, obviously uh, he's coming in top rate in this race, and he's won on all types of going, from soft all the way through good to firm. Now, another thing to note with him, he had a wind up at the end of last season, and he's had one race back at Musselboro, and a lot of these horses that have a wind up normally take one run or two runs to get used to the new way of whatever the wind-off's done to them. Yeah. So, as I say, like... It's he's at he's the wind up. He's got the strike rate and he's got a nice price there for on each way bet. So it's well worth having a small each way bet on him there in the first race in the two twenty at half of the time. Which. Moving down the cards to the three thirty. Uh, this one's a knack of the day. It's called With Thanks. It's going to be ridden by Tom Marquand, trained by William Haggis. Five runs on the card to date, three wins and two seconds. Very smart filly, who's already won a Group 3 out in Nathan Island by five lengths. And the horse that finished third in that race has gone on to run very well in a couple of Group 2s. So, obviously, the form line's there. And the other thing to note is in, the, in this race, there's some question marks to be asked about the leaders in the betting market. And uh, obviously, with thanks with the... And obviously sort of profile it's got compared to the other ones is obviously going to improve a lot and uh was priced up at seven or two with bet three six five earlier and as i say it's going to be our nap bet of the day so hey free 3 a with thanks oh, yeah. moving down to one at chester in 425 horse we tipped up two weeks ago uh al shibley it was unraced then uh jim crowley takes a ride for richard hannon In that race, we backed it at 5-1 in 11-2, and it got backed all the way into 7-4 favourite. And it came third, but the the thing to note is the stable second-string horse won the race. Now, when you get a a horse being backed like that, and they've got two in the race, they don't normally get them wrong. So, like, this horse has reappeared two weeks later, they must have been very upset, or something must have gone wrong in the race for this horse. But you're out again... And as I say, like he was back from 11 to 2, 5 to 1, into the 7 to 4 favourite on his first ever debut run. He's had that point, and he's got a bit of experience now, and uh, he's priced up at around about 2 to 1 at the moment. So we'll have a look and see what we can get on him there. So okay. Al Shipley in the 4.25 at uh, Chester. OK. Moving over to Salisbury. Uh, three bets there at Salisbury for the evening, for anyone that's going over there. The first one's in the 6.45 race. And it's called Biggles, going to be ridden by Hector Crouch and trained by Rafe Beckett. He improved with every run, uh, winning two runs back as well at Kempton, and then he followed that up with uh, a very good second in a handicap up at uh, Newmarket. He was very green that day, he was hanging at the end of a race, but the thing to note was he was five lengths in front of the horse that finished third in that race, so obviously... There's a big step up from the winner and the second into the rest of the right horses in that race, and like Biggles should be able to come out and win a, a nice little race up at Salisbury there. Okay. He was priced up at four with William Hills earlier today, and uh, as I say, it's well worth having a small win bet on him there, so Biggles in 6.45 at Salisbury.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: Moving down to the 8.15 race at Salisbury, a Grain of Sense, uh, ridden by Holly Doyle, again trained by Rafe Beckett, uh, this horse has not got a very consistent profile. He, he's had seven runs and he hasn't won. But he's always been there or thereabouts in all of his races, and he was second last time out over course and distance. Obviously, Salisbury's a bit of a unique track, and some horses like it, some don't. So obviously, this fella likes it there. He comes second last time out there. Now, they've put Holly Doyle on him this time, and a lot of these horses are run well at home and get well backed in some of their early races, then get a woman jockey put on them. And they, they just seem to find their form. I don't know why it's just uh, one of them sort of things. But it's priced up at 13-2 to 2 with William Hills at the moment, and it's paying four places in the race. So, like, his form at the track and having Holly Doyle on his back, I think we'll, we'll certainly make sure it'll be in the frame there if he doesn't win the race and get his head down and get sorted out. So... But his first two races he ever had was at Newmarket and he was very well backed in the betting in both of them and then he just seems to have lost his weight and said it uh, could be a lot more to come from him. Righty-ho. Uh, that was grain of sand and grain of sense in the 8.15. Now, the last one we're going to be tipping up is in uh, 8.45 at Salisbury and it's called Lindwall. It's being ridden by Luke Morris and it's trained by Sir Mark Prescott and it's currently priced up at 7-4 favourite with William Hills. Uh, four runs to date, and he's been raced over six furlongs, seven furlongs, eight furlongs, and nine furlongs. And the closest he's got to ever winning a race was 15 lengths behind in one of them races. Now you must be thinking, what the hell are you sipping this up for at seven to four? He's been gelded after his last run last year, and he's also had a wind up now. The thing to note is the trainer, Samark Mark Prescott, he's got a massively, massively high strike rate with these horses. They have three or four runs in novice races like this fella's had, and then they come into a handicap, and they seem to find about 15 or 20 lengths on all-known form. Now, I would be very surprised if this fella is as big as 7-4 at the off of the race tomorrow, and he's very well bred. He's out of the side of Australia, and he's out of the, a mare that's been sired by Hurricane Run. So he's very, very well bred and he's in a very, very low grade race here at Salisbury in the eight forty five there
1: tomorrow.
6: So I it's one of them but you can't read the form into it but you know what the trainer does, you know how the trainer operates and everything else. And seven to four I think will probably look at value when you, you see him win by ten or twelve lengths there tomorrow night. So that's the last one we've got there at Salisbury tomorrow.
0: Okay, well, that's it for another week. Another action packed show, which hopefully will bring you a few winners this weekend. And um, obviously, we've got a pretty action filled weekend anyway, with racing all over the country. So I hope you enjoy it wherever you're going. And don't forget to join us again next week here on The Racing Show. And don't forget also that you can uh, download or listen to The Racing Show as a podcast. All you need to do is to go to www.threevalleysradio.com and look for podcasts on there, and you're in, and away you go. So, join us again next week, same time, same station. Until then, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.